Welcome to House of Hope Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message from this past Sunday. For more information about other messages or events at House of Hope, visit www.ihope.today. begin with prayer. Oh, precious Father, Lord, we thank you that your presence is felt here. You're in each one of us. You are imminent with each of us, experiencing all that we speak, all that we say, all that we feel. Lord, bless us. Lord, speak through me. And let this be something that's important to some of us, I pray. And that you might bless this congregation beyond its understanding or worthiness. Because you love us, love us to pieces. Thank you, Father. Amen. I'm going to read to you a beginning passage from the book of Lamentations. My favorite Thanksgiving passage and one of my favorite hymns is based on this. Lamentations chapter 3, verse 20. And I'm reading from the NASB today. I can't even read the Wondering who tells me what it is. Oh, it's the New International Version. New Living. So, it says, Because of the Lord's great love, We are not consumed, but have compassion. This compassion never fails. We are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is in my, is my portion, therefore I will wait for him. Great is his faithfulness. Lamentations, remember, was written by Jeremiah after all of the people of Jerusalem were taken away into captivity. And yet, in the middle of one of his saddest books in the Bible, he sheds tears over all the writing. There's this one paragraph, so beautiful and so positive, and so strength-inspiring. is Thanksgiving Sunday, so of course I should have a message about Thanksgiving. I think Thanksgiving is one of the most powerful things that we can do. Thanks appears in the Bible 133 times. Thanksgiving, an additional 42 times. Thankfulness, again, about another 20 times. It's a very, very common in Hebrew, thanks is Togan. But it's also, my wife is correcting me actually, benediction. <laughs> Praise God for wives. He is amazing. He is my, my weapon is a melody. In Greek, it's uh, Eucharisto, which is the same.
same word we use for the Eucharist. It simply means to give thanks. But it's also a word for prayer in both the Old Testament and the New Testament. Thanks is so much a part of prayer that it's always Now, I've been, I, I finished watching a show on TV called The Good Place. And it was a series on Netflix. And it was rather funny. I really enjoyed it, especially the second season was funny because I saw myself in it. But anyway, it brings forth the idea, which most people in the world believe, that if we do more good things than bad things, we're going to go to the good place. If we do bad things than good things, we're going to the bad place. And that God is really incompetent. That's good things, 3,000 points. That bad thing is minus 5,000 points. And if you end up with a negative, that's the way it is. Uh, It'd really be nice to know what the scoring system was, you know, so we could cheat and and do something fantastic just before we die. A lot of the great people who give money uh, had a past that was very, very rough, and they built, you know, there were railroad barons, for example, who made a lot of money. Lots of Chinese workers who came and had to almost work as slave labor, pulling explosives down into the heart of the mine. And then they felt guilty at the end of their lives, so they gave away some of their money. That's the way they felt. It made you feel better, and they were hoping, I think, that that would count as good things in the world. The other question that a lot of people ask is, what is the minimum? (laughs) I really, you know, want to get to the good place, but, you know, if I just have plus one, that's what I'm aiming for, right? How do I do that? People are so silly, aren't they? And if you're going through pain or suffering or problems, the first thing that comes to mind is, what did I do wrong? What did I do wrong? Bad punishment. There's a whole psychological system that's based on the idea that behavior can be corrected by a simple method. That method is, if you do something bad, I punish you. Something good, I give you a candy or something pleasurable. There's a whole psychological system. It's called behaviorism, invented by a guy named B.F. Skinner, but it's been around since, I don't know, 20, 30,000 years. As long as man's been around, we use it to train our dogs, our children, our spouses. (laughs) How is it working for you? (laughs) Behaviorism is not God's way. It is not at all in the cards. He loves us, he loves us, he loves us. He's not really that interested in our behavior. As we're learning in Galatians, he's really interested in character. And he wants to develop our character, and he wants us to become more like Jesus. Let's play a game. I believe in interactive sermon. It's the only way you can stay awake during one of my talks. So we're going to try that this morning. I'm going to tell a story, and you have to guess who I'm talking about in the Bible. So there was a man who was very, very wealthy. He had ten beautiful children. He was the wisest man in his area. 
And suddenly, in one day, they're gone. All is dead, and all is gone. Just raise your hand if you know this experience. Okay? One day, they're gone. And then, a couple of weeks later, he was given a horrible skin disease. And it was so painful and itchy and abhorrent that people could hardly stand him to talk to. But after God was able to speak to him, he was had his eyes opened that would once now saw him, now I know him. Then he heard his own voice. Says, and suddenly, God blessed him, he doubled in wealth, and he had ten children again. Doesn't say anything about his wife, but I imagine she was tired of the ten children. Three daughters that were the most beautiful and wisest in the whole world. Talking about Philip, what a fantastic man he was. Usually we just talk about his six weeks of suffering and forget about God's tremendous blessing for him. What is the real an I talk about? Let me talk about another person. This was a, a young boy who was raised in a very wealthy family. He was quite spoiled. He was probably a little bit arrogant, shy. And one day, he had many siblings. One day, he was sold into slavery. He spent a couple of years in slavery. The Bible says there were 10 years in the don't know how that 10 years was divided about, but three years were in slavery, and three years he was put into prison for something he didn't do. He was accused of a rape that never happened. So bad. He spent probably, I'm guessing, here I'm arbitrarily dividing up, the scripture doesn't make it clear, but I think probably he had a couple of years as a slave and about eight years. Who am I thinking about? Joseph. God, after a certain amount of time, God blessed him powerfully, and he became the second in command, the second in the kingdom, the wealthiest person ever in wide history. A tremendous man by the time he was 21. Okay? Here's another one. This was about a young a young girl. 12, 13, 14, maybe, who was captured by the king's soldiers, was sold into white slavery, where she waited and was trained to be a prostitute, came one night with the king, don't know whether she was going to be raped, because that's a different story, but maybe night. What a terrible thing. And after that one night, she would be shuffled away into the house of the concubine and lived for the rest of her time isolated from everybody except the women in the house. What a terrible thing. Yet, Scripture says she was there for 10 years. She was able to save a nation. Who am I thinking about? Esther. Good. Very good. You guys know your Bible very well. Finally, there was a man who was, as a young child, probably 14, 15, he was taken into slavery. And he 
speak to a completely different country, and that's because of their lifestyle. But Rose Pacramina was a very great man, very wise, considered to be wonderful. But at the, towards the end of his life, he was thrown into a den of lions. And God miraculously saved up out of the lions, lived out his life, following after Truly one of the most extreme men to follow. Yes, we're talking about Daniel. Now, I don't know if you see a pattern in this, but think about great men in the Bible. Now, we are not, some of us, not that great. And so, I think most of us are like trivia and trivialities. If I were a rich man, great old idol, 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 dumb, all day long I'd diddy diddy bum. If I were a wealthy man, I wouldn't have to work hard. Idol, 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 dumb. If I were a diddy diddy rich, idol, 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 idol man. Lord, Lord, who made the lion and the lamb? You decreed I should be what I am. Would it spoil some vast and foolish plan if I were a rich, a wealthy man? We all... There are lots of people in this audience that can sing a lot better than I can, but we all sing that song. And it's where we are. It's who we are. Why do we want that? Knowing as we do that if I was made the rich man, other people would be singing the song anyway, right? God can't satisfy us. So the verse that comes to mind is that wonderful verse, Psalm 34, 7. If we delight in the Lord, He will give us the desires of are saying, where is that? Some of us, God has given us what we want right away. Blesses us, and that's wonderful. Some of us are miraculously healed. Some of us are given wealth. Some of us have been an apartment, a condo, and everything. Uh, I'm told nobody wants to buy it. $300,000 of our inheritance tied up in a place that nobody wants. I need a miracle. But we all seem to have this problem. Sometimes when God gives us something, we want something else. I'm going to take one more step further. Let's suppose that we were able to go back in time to the news agency. Been in prison now for eight years for forgiveness. The man of God. What would it be like? Would he be bitter? Would he be angry at the Lord for what he's done to us? I mean, there he was for the last 
pastors have been in prison. They point to the wall and say, see those stripes on the wall? 3,000 of them. That's how long I've been. Sold into slavery by his brother who was jealousy. What would he be like to the world? And what we find, Joseph was not different. He was not angry. He remained thankful. Talk to him as he would tell you. God will give us that hope. But his hope springs from a thankfulness for his circumstances. What does scripture say? Psalm 520 says, Ephesians 5.20, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Giving thanks always and for everything. And thankfulness brings hope. We can only, if we're not content, if we're not we're bitter or angry about our circumstances. That's a denial of hope. But if we're thankful that God is trying to do something for us, then okay. Now God sometimes answers our prayers immediately. And that's a great blessing. But it's interesting that all of these great people, Esther, Job, Daniel, Joseph, they had to do great things. And it seems that God needed to develop their character. Let's look at Joseph. Arrogant. Proud. <laughs> I'm going to be king and my father and mother are going to bow down to me and all my brothers. They had something to learn. Even after Joseph was made second in command, he still showed vengeance against sending them in prison. He tricked them into making them think that they were under investigation for theft. Ranged himself. That wasn't very nice of him, but his character had changed to the point where he suddenly recognized his stupidity, his arrogance, apologized to his brothers, and he loved them, he hugged them, he kissed them, met his dad, and his dad came back to him, his aged father, and he was able to reconcile his relationship. He had grown. God had changed his character through the horrifying circumstances that he had to go through. It seems to me, anyway, the pattern in Scripture, most of the greatest and best of our men and women from the Bible had to go through great difficulties or something that I would like to say in quotation marks from the book of Esther, for a time such as this. Joseph was necessary to be there to save his country, save his people from terrible starvation. He was a scapegoat, saved the whole world. Daniel had to prove to the king at that time, the importance of belief in God and the power of belief in God. Esther, clearly for a time such as this, because Jewish people 
and the terrible effect. They're able to defend themselves and the poor Jewish people. This isn't the only time where genocide was found against people. It happened in Auschwitz and he was there and had the courage and the strength because of his character to go through and risk her life to do what was right. Tremendous courage and strength. But when you look at previous couple of years, what you had to go through, you start to recognize that sometimes God uses difficulties, uses problems, uses pain, uses suffering, to help to change your character. So maybe if you haven't been healed, if you haven't had circumstances changed to bring that victory that God has promised you, Maybe it's because God has something special for you. That you have a very, very important place in the story. God is putting through this to change you into the image of his son. That you can do something fantastic for such a time as this. Who are we to say? Now, I'm not trying to say that everybody needs to suffer. Yeah, no. Not the case. Sometimes the best of us, those that God needs to do something fantastic, sometimes we need to be tested. Sometimes we need to develop courage, the strength of faith, in very difficult times, to become who God needs us to be at this critical time. And maybe that's you. Maybe that's you. Maybe it's just so that you can have compassion for somebody else who has fallen down, who has gone through this. Maybe it's because you're going to do something great and save somebody. Who knows? One of you may become the next Prime Minister of Canada. Let's just hope. And we sure need a good person there, because I don't know. A, B, C, D, and E, and F, I think I would check none of above. <laughs> I really had that option. God loves us so intimately, so powerfully, that He doesn't cause these circumstances to happen to us, but He uses those circumstances to shape us. He is the potter, and we are the clay. And if He decides you are the vessel that He needs at a certain stage in history, He's going to change you and shape you so that you are able to do what needs to be done. And if ever is a time when we needed great leadership, the time is today. The time is today. And the time doesn't exist. Morality seems to be backed up by time. And yet murder and abuses reputable things that we couldn't even think of 20, 30, 40 years ago. We need that wonderful leadership. God may be raising one of you up to be that person. Maybe he has something greater in store. Now, I 
be surprised if, as knowing a lot of you, I think some of us go into great pain, some of us have great miraculous situations that are difficult, some of us have had, we might not be singing, if I were a wealthy man, we might sing, if I were a healthy woman, or if I was, were free from pain, but maybe we're given the strength, power from God to endure these he has something special in store. There may just be one person that we need to know. I don't remember the man's name, but there was a man who led only one Christian to the Lord, and that was D.L. Moody. That one person that he led to the Lord has led hundreds of thousands of people to the Lord, and he still has a huge university, the Moody Institute in Chicago. A great man of God. And yet he, only one person only led one person to the Lord. Maybe you're a D.L. Moody. I'm going to close with a verse from Hebrews. First Peter 1 Peter 5, verse 10. And the God of all grace called you to his eternal glory in Christ. After you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. To him be the power forever and ever. I don't wish suffering on anybody. Sometimes the best thing. Um, one of the people that I follow a lot is William Cook. He tells the story of a man who smelled of beautiful perfume. From you could smell him from a block away. Whenever he walked, he could smell this tremendously beautiful his natural thing. He didn't have to go hunt around the odor of anything. Just smell them. So one man came up to him, I would love that perfume. I want to have your perfume. He just stood and I smelled that perfume. William Cook answered to him, well, I don't think you're worthy of the crown that God placed on you. Let's pray. Precious Father, you are the potter, we are the clay. Make us into something greater, something better, something more powerful, so that we can be the person you want us to be. Change us. We're not interested so much in our behavior as you are in our character. Because you know that good character means that you will live by it. And you have forgiven all of our behavior, past, present, Fill us with your power, Holy Spirit. Make us stronger. Make us better. So that we can be that person we need in a time just like this. In Christ's name we pray. Thanks for
for listening to our Sermon of the Week. Our desire is that you will be changed by the love of the Father and the power of his presence. For more information about House of Hope, visit us at www.ihope.today.